You are now listening to the Next Iteration Podcast with your hosts Fuad and Damien. If you liked the episode, follow us on Spotify and give us a review on Apple Podcasts. Our website was built by Face Solutions, logo designed by Charmeni, and music by Wonderly Music. We hope you enjoy the episode. And we're live. Welcome back to the Metocracy Podcast. The next iteration is here. Metocracy has partnered with the next iteration podcast to bring you way better content more consistently and more timely. So for the past year, where have I been? Uh, so around the time that I last recorded, I would have been still working my internship at Striker in the R&D department as an optimal mechanical engineer. Finished that up, went back to school for fall and winter and finished my fourth year. Haven't graduated, still have one more year of co-op and four months of capstone and final year projects. Um, so yeah, right now I am at Boston Scientific and yeah, it's been amazing right now working in advanced development, working on upstream projects in cardiology as well as electrophysiological devices and i'm learning a ton and super happy for the next few months um yeah today we're gonna relaunch and we have omar khatib omar is he has no introductions he is leading the space in content web3 sales everything but this episode is really special because he drops so many gems for anyone just starting university in the middle of university or just graduating and that is our audience so hope you guys enjoy this one yeah recording cool hey guys and today we're joined by the head of state of the medical technology industry omar khatib and he's probably one of the best content creators in the space. And I'm just happy to be graced by his presence, a new father. <laughs> so things to be happy about and a new founder, which is something also to be, I mean, scared, scared of, or, or happy about Omar in your LinkedIn bio, you said that you dropped out of medical school to pursue tech. How has this decision shaped your career? It's, it's, yeah, well, first of all, thanks, science. Great to be on the show. Uh, really happy to, to be here. Always a big fan of your show and your work. Um, yeah, you know, um, I mean, it's responsible for where I'm at today, you know, um, long story short, uh, I was in medical school and then at some point I just listened to my intuition and felt that this was not the place, uh, for me and that I saw, uh, you know, I saw myself in technology and that's, that's essentially what made me make the, made the switch. Nice. And now you're working on helping these medical technology companies leverage their social media to actually connect with physicians better and sell their products better. And in your bio, you also say that this is your mission, right? So I did some digging and companies like Johnson and Johnson, Stryker and um, Abbott, they all have over 1 million followers each on their, their social media uh, platforms combined total. Is there a disconnect between how these companies are engaging with these large audiences and how does your mission fit into that? 
Yeah, absolutely. And and let's let's back up for a second just for context for your for your mm-hmm. listeners. So, you know, I left medical school about a little over 10 years ago. I went into the surgical robotics space and started off Missouri Robotics, carried the bag. I did sales, you know, and in robotic surgery. And then I moved into marketing. And I started writing um, about the use of social media to sell and market at scale back in 2015 because you know, I went to a, I was going to a trade show and I was learning about growth marketing and, and I tried to uh, market to physicians. And I noticed that it was very easy for me to find them on LinkedIn. And so I was able to find emails and message them directly. And so since 2015, I was very bullish on this idea that we have to start using social media because that's where people are. It's where people are used to buying things, making decisions. You can't just keep going to the hospital. And so for the last, you know, eight years or so, or however long it's been, that's really been my focus. Now you mentioned Stryker and Abbott and Johnson Johnson. Doesn't mean anything to me that they have over a million followers or however many that they have. Doesn't mean anything. And by the way, the majority of those people who are following them are people that work at that company. The more important thing is how are they actually engaging their end user, which is let's say physicians or clinicians to be more broad online. The answer is they're not. Um, If you look at, uh, what they, how they support and they engage physicians on LinkedIn or Twitter and everything. They really don't. Yeah. Um, salespeople aren't, aren't um, going to the place where their customers are having conversations, which is online and engaging with them, amplifying their posts or anything. They're still doing this old outdated way of showing up to the hospital, which is pretty much dead at this point, because the, once the pandemic hit, the hospital shut down, they didn't let reps back on. Now that they're opened back up, they're not going to go back to the old way and say, hey, let's let all these sales reps come back in and disrupt our work, right? Mm-hmm. And so for the last you know half a decade, I've been really focused on helping uh, companies commercialize using digital marketing, social media. And for me to accomplish this mission of mine of changing how we sell and market in medtech, I cannot go to another company and work. So yes. I've decided to start my own company to help do this at scale. And I do it in two ways. One is work, working directly with these companies. And also I started my own online course and training program called the Medical Sales Network Effects Program, um, which essentially takes a salesperson you know, or CEO um, or even marketer and teaches them how to use network effects on social media. How do you actually use social to drive engagement and sell and not just like post randomly? Yeah, for sure. And that I love how you break that down. And now I have like a clearer picture of it. But I want to back up for a sec because our audience is mainly uh, people in school or recent grads who are interested in health tech and, and med tech. And my, my first question that would stick out would be, are doctors or clinicians on Twitter? <laughs> and if they are, is, some, is leveraging your Twitter account as I don't know, like a 22 year old going through like an engineering degree who wants to work in health tech, should I be on Twitter? Like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So the answer is yes, they are on there. Doctors, mm-hmm. no different than you and me, they're human beings. Mm-hmm. And especially now, I mean, we'll, I'll use the United States because that's where I really, you know, where, where I'm based in. More and more physicians are becoming employed and there's a lot of consolidation, which means there's fewer outlets for them to have ownership of. And so having their own social media, like an Instagram, a Twitter, or LinkedIn is valuable. Plus physicians are making less money. So they're looking for other ways to leverage their opportunities. So yeah, if you're a recent grad, if you're a recent grad, the most important thing that I would tell you to have is have Twitter and have a LinkedIn. And, and I would say LinkedIn, I prioritize LinkedIn because with LinkedIn, 
unlike Twitter, when, when you connect with somebody on LinkedIn, they're automatically following you. So yeah. the whole world is open to you on LinkedIn. Plus the algorithm, I think is a lot, you know, unfortunately LinkedIn optimizes for um, their advertisers and the users of LinkedIn are actually the last thing they really think about. So as a result of that, like, I think it's a lot easier to grow on LinkedIn right. and, and, and get seen and, and get connected. I mean, look, I've connected with some of the biggest names in our industry earlier on in my career because of what I did on LinkedIn. Yeah, for sure. And I definitely, that's something that following your content and me talking to you throughout the last couple of years, like that's something I've gained and I've been able to even like see it happen for myself. Like just being on LinkedIn, connecting with professionals, like picking their brain and actually trying to form organic relationships has opened like so many doors for me. And this is one thing I, I definitely want to run by you because I know the audience definitely want to hear this, but this is what we had done. Like just when we got on this call, you're giving me a quick little role session on, on my profile. And I definitely appreciate that. What are the biggest mistakes you see students making with their LinkedIn profiles? And like, what are some easy things people can do to optimize it? And mainly students and recent grads here. Yeah. Well, for one is not having one. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, a lot of students, they tell me, they're like, oh, you know, I want to be on LinkedIn, but like, I haven't even worked. I have nothing to put on there. I'm like, that's even better. The reason why is that people, everybody was a student at some point. The most powerful thing you can utilize for persuasion is the fact that, hey, I'm a student. Somebody was like me at some point. And so no one's going to blame you for not having, like, I don't look at a 22 year old and be like, why don't you have more years of experience? Like you just graduated. So get on LinkedIn. And don't be afraid to have like a couple of jobs. Like when I first started on LinkedIn, I had like, you know, I worked at the Princeton Review and I think I, I had um, like one like summer research fellowship, like, you know, who cares? Mm -hmm. um, so that's one is like, just get on LinkedIn, start connecting with people. And the second thing is, is just because you're a student, that doesn't mean that you don't have anything to say. Yeah. If anything, I think students have more to say than, than a lot of professionals right now because you're technically reading and learning constantly. So you can use LinkedIn as a way to share what you're learning. Like you, you read a new book for, for a class, write a short article on the book, do a post about it because there's a lot of working professionals who are super busy and they really appreciate it. I mean, look, I grew my LinkedIn massively when I was younger because I started doing that. I literally would read some books. I would write an article summarizing some books and translating them to the medtech world. And a lot of CEOs love that because they, their people are busy. So what I would say is like, don't be afraid. I think the, the biggest, um, the, the most entrepreneurial thing you can do is put yourself out there. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and be patient with things. You know, people are not patient at all. Everybody wants to be a millionaire. Everybody wants to have all these followers. Right. Everybody wants this and that. Nobody wants to have the patience to actually stick it out. Yeah. Like, can you do this for months? Can you do this for years? Right. You know, yeah. that's definitely, I mean, look, you know, I know we were going to talk about NFTs and stuff, but you're familiar with people. Yeah. The, I've heard of the, people. Yeah. So people, he's, he's the guy who, um, who creates those, uh, cinema 4d NFTs, mm -hmm. right. Guy made $120 million last year. Yeah. Do you know what he was doing before that? What was he actually, what was he yeah. doing? cinema 4d creations he was he's an artist yeah. and every day every freaking day for 15 years mm -hmm. he had a goal which was i'm gonna wake up i'm gonna create one piece of art and i'm it's gonna be posted it's gonna be done mm -hmm. he did that for 15 years every single day his wife supported him and everything this is something you hear a lot with successful people like they did a bunch of grinding 
and then they became successful and then people think you're an overnight success right but yeah. they didn't see all that what? you did in Dude. the background so what's yeah. that for you though I'm, I'm really curious like what was that grinding for you and like i mean it's still the- i'm still going through it right now but like i mean look for me it was like first it was trying to get into med school i had the lowest mcat score in my class but i grinded out like i i did not give up and you know I got really, when you, when you subconsciously set your sights on a goal and it's not just wishful thinking, but like you visualize it, you take action on it. You do like, you really, like you are committed. There's no, none of this plan B nonsense. Right. I, I, I was able to do some things and creatively I got into med school on a full academic scholarship in the U in the U S and I got accepted early. Right. Um, after I left med school, kept hearing that, I couldn't get into med device because I had no sales experience. Right. And I kept being told, oh, you got to start a distributorship. You got to do this, sell band-aids, whatever. I didn't believe it. Worked hard. Six, nine months later, not only do I get into the device industry, I, had to, I end up at the top, uh, one of the top uh, uh, technology companies, which is in robotics, right? Mm-hmm. Um, same thing with my business. You know, it's part of it is you have to, part of being an entrepreneur is you have to have this, obsessive drive and i would say in some ways an ego where you you are not aware of how difficult things are going to be but at the same time you also have to be pay very close attention to what you're doing and how to improve it you know so it's this fine balance i mean look just elon musk is a great example look after he made what was it 120 yeah 120 million in, in paypal 120 million paypal he he took all that money, 50 million in, in Tesla, 50 million in, in uh, SpaceX, and I think 20 million in Solar City. And there was a point where everything was was not working, like failure after failure, like rockets were blowing up, uh, Tesla cars, they were not they were not working very well. 2010 or 11, like Time Magazine wrote how big of a failure he was, like all these things. Yeah. You know? And so a lot of life has to do with how how hard are you willing to grind it out like yeah. you know and a lot of people they want certain things the moment a little bit of adversity comes up things don't go the right way it's like oh you know i'm gonna go mm-hmm. do something else you know and that's okay quitting is okay right i think i man i there's there's so many things i've started and quit but there's a certain point where you go, you go past and say i'm not like this is this is, I'm burning the boats. You've heard that expression. You, if you want to take over the island, you got to burn the boats. <laughs> I like that you know? one. I've heard that one in a while, but I love that. And that, yeah. that's definitely like, I love, I love how you like referenced the Elon Musk situation because he started a car company in 2008 where Ford filed, almost filed for, for bankruptcy. And he was asking people for money for a car company, electric yeah. company. He, so that's crazy. He was, he was borrowing money to, to rent, like to, to, to actually yeah, live. To live. And, and there was a, pe- there was a period where he was down to his like last 50 million. He had to pick between SpaceX and, and Tesla. Yeah. And he decided just to split 25 million, you know, tw- give 25 million to both of them. And, and he, I mean, he got really lucky. For sure. You know, but and now I want to, I want to bring that back to like, I know, I know you're saying we're going to talk about web three NFTs and all these things, but I just love the organic vibe that we have here. And now I want to like bring it back in terms of like me in terms, not me per se, but like for the listener, because when I think of the listener, I know they're in a similar position to me, um, either engineering or in science and want to get into this health tech med tech space. Right. And I know you're on like the med device when you say med device, you're usually coming from a sales perspective. And well, I, I sales, but, but 
I would say sales, sales and marketing, part of marketing is product. I, I did a lot of different things in devices, right? You know, so, so I, I'm actually, I know I'm very close to engineers, engineers in the companies I work with, the engineers love me because I, I vibe really well with them. Yeah, for sure. And no, 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 the way to say the question segues is that for me, I'm someone who part of the reason why I started Metocracy is because I feel like just doing engineering, like designing some sort of device is not all I have to offer. And this is the reason I'm in, I'm in the type of non-technical slash technical role I'm in right now. How do you like pick like or figure out what is for you? I know people say follow your passion, but lately no, that's terrible advice. Yeah, actually, I, I, yeah. So like, how it's do terrible you terrible advice? Like, 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 yeah, like, look, you know what I would say is that a lot of life is figuring out how to mold it to where you are at that moment. You know, ten years ago is, is med school, right? Mm-hmm. And the other thing I would say is like, none of this is, people need to change their definitions of what failure looks like, yeah. right? Just because, you know, everything, here's, here's that, I'm going to get really deep and intense here with like, you for a second. Everything ends and everything ends badly. Oh, That's part of life. Like, look, you know, I'm, you know, you, one day you'll get married mm-hmm. and, and, and one day either, you know, if you guys don't get divorced, right? Which hope, you know, like one of you is going to die, yeah. right? You're going, you know, um, uh, you're, you might start a company one day, that company is going to shut down. Mm-hmm. Right. But that doesn't mean it's a failure. Like if you started a company and it lasts a hundred years and it shuts down, was that a failure? Yeah. If you, you know, so, so, so things, things start and end all the time. So you have to be non-emotional about these things. Right. right. And when it comes to your passions, I mean, Here's, here's what I would say. It's less about passion and more about obsession. Mm-hmm. What, what, could you, what could you see yourself like really obsessing about? Because, because at the end of the day, things get really, really hard. And that's when people quit, right? And so if you look at like sports, like Kobe Bryant, Michael, they were obsessed. They were, they were legit obsessed. You know, so, that, so that's what it is. Now, for, for somebody in your audience you guys are just getting out of school. It's like, I don't know what to be obsessed about. So right now in your early twenties, you you know, or just twenties in general, you should be focusing on three key things, learning as much as possible, loading yourself with as much responsibility as possible. All right. And then developing an enthusiasm for discipline and the enthusiasm for discipline that comes along with reading, learning, you know, you know, working out, I don't care whether you're, you're, you're a guy or gal, like focusing on how do I, how do I develop the discipline to eat really well, to work out to all these, like, this is, this is like training for you, yeah. you know, and then you'll figure it out. I mean, look, the, um, um, uh, I'll, I'll speak about one of my, one of the guys I mentor um, and all my mentees, uh, they mentor me as well. Right. So Henry Peck, the guy who I did the Web3 uh, talk with at the LSI Investor Summit, which we're, we're actually going to be doing the same talk again at uh, True Quality, which is Greenlight Guru's uh, oh, nice. conference. This summer? Okay. Yeah, in like a couple of weeks, actually, in San Diego. Perfect. So if anybody's, if anybody's interested, I highly, if you're in quality or regulatory, you should go to that conference. Sure. Um, so Henry, um, Henry's been in the industry for two or three years now. So he's, he's like you, he's very young. Okay. Here's his trajectory. He's, he came out of college as an engineer, started out as an engineer. Then he went into product, 
then, you know, he, he had a lot of like interest in marketing stuff. He reached out to me, he wanted to work for me and I almost hired him, but I ended up leaving the company I was at. But, but in that process, you know, he was not qualified to be a marketer at that time, but, but I told him like, look, here's some books you should read. Here's some courses you should take. He did all that within like a month, right? Found his way into uh, a role, you know, where he's focused on marketing and he's doing a really great job. And then he's, he's figuring out as he goes as well, but what he's doing, which is what I recommend everybody to do is go along and, and take on new roles, take on responsibilities, learn, but while you're in it, put, put, like put everything into it. Don't take anything for granted. You get hired by a company, you get hired to be, you know, an assistant, right? Be the best goddamn assistant you can be. Learn everything you can. Just be a spot. Just, just go like as if you're going to take over the company one day, you know? So for me, when I started as, as a sales rep, like I already started thinking at the level of a VP. I started reading the books a VP would read. I would talk, talk to the VP and ask them questions, right? Start thinking at that level. But at the same time, while I'm learning at that level, I'm making sure that at my job, I'm doing a damn good job about it. So, you, you know, that's what happens. And so then as you do this, right, let's say, let's say you go through, you go from engineer to product, to sales, to marketing, to, you know, you do all these things, right? And it takes 10 years to fi figure out what you want to do. Right. But at the end of the 10 years, if you do what I told you, you would have developed such deep, strong skill sets in all of these things that you might just end up being a CEO. You might start your own company. That's, that's what happened to me. I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I went from like, I want to be a sales guy to like, okay, I want to be a uh, uh, head of marketing, a product guy. Okay, no, I want to be growth marketer. And then, you know, at the end of this like 10 year stint, I was like, no, I'm going to start my own business actually. Yeah. So, so you just have to trust the process and be patient and try not to force things all the time. That's a, uh, yo, that, that is a fact. And I love that you say that. And I love the transparency you gave there. And one thing I want to ask though, is like, how are you able to take that step though? Like, cause for me, like, I'm someone I have, I have a lot of ideas, me and my close buddies, we have ideas about starting a company, but the way we think of it is, uh, I don't want to speak for them, but I'll just purely speak for myself here. It's like, yo, get stable first, like work at a couple companies, and then you should try to make that leap to like a startup. Um, but when you think of like the best startups that grew to these massive companies, like I guess Facebook or in our even like IntelliJoint in, in, in the space here in Canada, their founders went straight into it. Like they didn't worry about working at like an Abbott or working at, at like a yeah. night first. They went straight into it. Like what are, what's your take there? And if you knew what you knew now, would you have started Katib and Co back then? Um, no, I wouldn't have because I would have, I would have needed to, some things would have had to happen. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm a little bit more established in my career at this point and I'm, and I, I feel good. You know, it's kind of like, there's this fine balance on one side, which is like, yeah, when you're young, you can take these big risks, just go for it. At the other side of it also, there's, there's value in saying like, you know, I want to learn a little bit more. I want to like gain, you know, so it, it, it's, it's different for everybody, man. That's why I think you got to follow your intuition, you know, like it, your intuition is going to give you the best answer better than I'll ever be able to give you. Um, yeah. But, you know, the other thing is like the, the world that we live in, man, like, and I, even myself, I try to be good, uh, better about this. These are all rules made up by people no different than you and I, mm. you know? So, so like, 
you know, um, you know, everyone's going to have their own opinion about things. And it's kind of like, you have to take people's opinions and you have to also use your own intuition to guide yourself. It's, it's not easy. Um, so I don't, I don't really have an answer to that, but like, mm-hmm. look, ideas are dime a dozen, man. Like, so again, like when it comes to ideas, I've had so many different ideas, but the ones that matter are going to be the ones that possess you. Like yeah. you don't, people don't have ideas. Ideas have people. Ideas. And so when the, yeah. So when a right idea possesses you, it'll move you into action. You're not like, you keep thinking about it. You're like, you just can't, you know? And so a lot of times I tell people like my friend, he had an idea the other day. So I was like, okay, your next, next month or two, you're just going to research things, yeah. you know, find out whether people have done this, see what it's like and everything. And if it persists, right. Take, start taking more action on it. That's the other thing is take action. Ideas are meant to be out in the open, you mm-hmm. know? Um, Cause if you, if you just keep your ideas in your head, they, they starve, they starve from auction Mm -hmm. so you know like when i had some of my ideas for my company i go and talk to people about it you know some people are like "Eh, i don't know other people are like yeah that's you know it's a great idea not everybody's gonna love the idea that's 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 how all new things start um but yeah it's there's no there's no like uh uh easy step-by-step user guide to this kind of thing but again i think i think the best best advice i can give your listeners is like become a learning machine. So if you have an idea or you want to think about like, man, get in the habit of learning how to read and teach yourself. The one thing I learned from medical school is how to teach myself anything. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and the other thing I tell you, like, uh, you know, so, you know, I have this program that I started called the medical sales network effects program. Okay. Now, it is helpful for salespeople, but like really anybody can go through. So I've had some, I have some, like somebody who's fresh out of college, just started in med tech going through it because it teaches you how to leverage, mm-hmm. you know, not only LinkedIn, but you learn persuasion, you learn psychology, you learn all these things, right? I think people, uh, people do not know how to assign value to things or they do it the wrong way. So like my course is not cheap, right? You know, it's, it's, it costs, you know, a few thousand dollars, right? So a lot of people are like, oh, that's really expensive, right? But meanwhile, the same people have no problem going out on a Saturday night, dropping $500 at the club, right. Or going and buying a freaking Rolex, right. Yeah. Or, or buy, or, or getting, getting a car like with a $800 a month, uh, car payment, right. Yeah. These are stupid. Like if there's one, one really good advice, here's, here's really good advice. I wish somebody told me in my twenties right now. Yes save some money, invest. That's fine. I'm not a financial advisor. If there's something you should be using your money for, use your money to acquire skills. And that's going to fast track you, track you in life. That means taking, taking courses online. That means getting coaching, joining masterminds, because once you learn it, that's how you level up. Look, I'll, I'll tell you this real quick story. So this year, my son's being born. My, my, I, he was just born a week ago. Okay. So when I started my company, it was January 1st. I don't, I didn't raise any money. I have a pregnant wife who, you know, again, we live in Southern California. It's not cheap here. My wife, um, you know, works a little bit part-time. So I'm, I'm bringing home, I'm the one responsible financially for the, for the whole household. Okay. It's a lot of pressure. Yeah. I started this company. It's doing okay. Right. And I, and I, and I was like, you know, I need to do a few things differently. 
And I saw this course that this guy who I, you know, I've been following for a while. He, he, he has it's $3,000, hmm. which is for me at the time, I was like, that's a lot. I didn't have $3,000. Hmm. And I was like, okay, either I pay that money and I learn something and I, I, I just need to learn one thing that's going to make that $3,000 worth it. Right. Or I try and figure it out on my own. And I don't know how long that's going to take. And you don't get time back. You don't, you do not get time back. I spent the three thousand um, dollars. Literally, I got ten percent through the course material, and I it gave me some insights. I made some changes in my business. Boom! I doubled my revenue. Right? Okay. Yeah. Then then I'm going. Things are going well. I'm you know all these things. And then I hit I, not another wall, but I'm like, okay, I need to make some other changes. Right? And so there's another guy who's who's really well known for courses. Right? He has a program that's ten thousand dollars. Yeah. It's a lot. And I remember I called, like, you can't even buy it online. Like I, I had to book an appointment. They talked to me and the guy's like, yeah, he's like, so the program we have is to, you know, if you, if you join the program right now, it's $10,000 over the phone. If we hang up though, the program cost is going to be about 14. What would you like to do? And I was like, let's do it right now. And I literally put, put 10 K on my, on my credit card. Right. Yeah. That, that was really scary. That's a sting. But guess, yeah, ex, ex, except, except. The moment that happens, I immediately dive into the materials. They have like coaching calls. I take advantage of that. Within three weeks, I I recouped that 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 investment, and then some. Like actually, I've doubled my investment already. Wow! And these because were all I like took a, because I took action on business. Yeah. So my my point about this, and it's not always going to be like that, where you you buy a program or you do something and you immediately see a return. Mm -hmm. But what you have to be asking yourself is that okay, when I buy this. What are the people, who are the people I'm going to meet? What am I going to learn? All these different things. I mean, look, you know, the dumbest thing I hear people say all the time is like, I tell them, Hey, buy this book. And they're like, Oh man, that's an expensive book. It's $30. I'm like, are you out of your goddamn mind? It's $30 is expensive for you. You need one idea. You read a book. You need one idea from that book. One sentence that when you're talking to that CEO at your company and you say one little thing and they, that catches their attention. They're like, this guy knows something, right? That's your I'll never forget many years ago, I was with um, a group of execs. This is when I was like 27 years old or so. And they were talking about technology adoption. And I mentioned something about technology adoption and Moore's, Moore's adoption curve. Mm -hmm. And they're like, they're like, oh, like, where did you learn that? I'm like, oh, I'm like, oh, Jeff Moore's book, like Crossing the Chasm. They're like, yeah. oh, you read that? Immediately, I went from being this, 20, 20 year old kid to being at that, at their level, because, you know, so th these are the kind of things you got to do. If you want to invest, invest in yourself. It's like Warren Buffett even said it, the best investment he has ever made. Not, it was not in none of his companies. It was him taking a Dale Carnegie public speaking course. Wow. That's crazy. And yeah, it, it definitely takes money to make money. So I'm glad that you, you kind of pitched out there on when you look at personal development the money you're making is being a better version of yourself right and with that set up what are your top three book recommendations for people in their 20s like just starting out in their career yeah 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 that's a great question so um the books that i always have people read um in this order one is the defining decade by meg j she's a psychologist great book it's going to tell you how to take advantage of your 20s and not screw around 
The second book is by my uh, my good friend, and uh, I, I like to call him my mentor from afar, Scott Adams, um, who's a wonderful, wonderful human being. Uh, he's I feel like he's a national treasure. Uh, if you're not listening to his morning show, Coffee with Scott Adams, I highly recommend it. His book is How to Fail at Everything and Still Win Big, kind of the story of my life. It's a long book title, but if you look up Scott Adams, How to Fail at Everything, it'll come up. That's going to teach you some great hacks in life right you know and then after that the third book i'm gonna give i'm gonna give your listeners uh uh some three choices for your for your third book you have three choices okay choice number one if you work at a company you want to be a great employee you want to you want to learn how to be indispensable linchpin by seth godin all right choice number two which is the book that um changed my life and I don't say that about a lot of books is it's called living in the light, living in the light by Shakti Gawan. Okay. Charger. Yeah. That's... And everything. Okay. It looks like something looks this, like stuff. I'm going to just charge it really quickly. Oh, uh, okay. Let's forget to plug on this laptop. No worries. Yeah. Yeah. And the third, the third one, and actually this is, this is a, you don't, I recommend buying this book, but here's, here's an exercise for your listeners. They can, as soon as they stop listening to this, they can go this right, right away, go on Google and search 48 laws of power summary. Okay. By Robert green. Okay. Read the laws, just find a summary and read those laws. And this is what, you, what I want you to do. I want you to go through and find three laws of power that you violate. Okay. So not laws that you're good at laws that you violate like when you, and it, pretend that someone who knows you very, very well, uncomfortably well is sitting next to you. And they're about to point those things out. So it could be your parent. It could be somebody you work with. It could be your boss, you know, an uncle or aunt or something. Find the three laws you violate because the moment you find those things, you've now unlocked a major cheat code in life. The moment I read those laws, I realized something I was doing at work all the time that was that was causing me to lose power. The moment I changed that, big changes in my career happened. Oh, you this- need one one idea, man. That's all you need. You need one idea to level up. This is this life we live in. It's it. it, it I believe personally in in, in simulation theory. Yeah. This is a big video game, my friend. Mm-hmm. You need you need to talk to one person. You need to see like read one book. And change one little thing and you level up, man. Yeah. That's all you need. I love that. The the 48 Laws of Power. This is definitely a book that gets a lot of pushback because it has like things that say like never outshine the master. Um, what's what's another one? It's like uh, that's a they have law number that's law number one, never outshine the master. I mean, that's a great law. I mean, the only people look, the only people who push back about about books are just low yield people. Mm -hmm. I like I don't care what like there's so many books out there you can you can gain something out of. Right. Like, you know, never like like I'll, look, let me let me cover something really controversial. Everybody hates Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. I don't care. I don't care if you like him or love or hate him. You're gonna you can learn a lot from him. You know who else some everybody held Hillary Clinton. But guess what? Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton, you know what they've done that nobody else has done? They've been relevant for 40 years. Do you know how hard that is? To yeah. be relevant for 40 years, do you know, like that's extremely hard to do. You can learn something from them. Read their books. Yeah, you know? that's true. Like, that's put, put, your, put your put your feelings away. Yeah. You know? 
for sure. But when, 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 because I've, I've def, I have read this book, um, not the entirety of it, because it's like 700 pages and all of it. I, what, what I do for listeners, what I do like about this book, though, is that they contextualize everything with history. And I, I personally love history, so it, it just feels really good. Um, but the pushback that I've heard from people I, I've told I've read this book to is like, it teaches you how to manipulate others. What do you think about that? Yeah, it teaches it teaches you how to manipulate others. It also teaches you how to not get manipulated by others. That's true. You know, I mean, you know, what I would say here's a great because I I study persuasion a lot. Here's a great definition of like what's the difference between persuasion and manipulation? Mm-hmm. Manipulation is when you get somebody to do something yeah. that is that's going to benefit you and that they will regret. Okay? Yeah. I like that. Right? So so when I talk to somebody about joining my course and I'm on a call, right? I use persuasion mm-hmm. to get them to spend a lot of money to join my course. Mm-hmm. It's not manipulation. The reason why is because I, I know for a fact that they will be better off in my course. I'll be able to directly help them, right? And they will be grateful for it and they'll, and, and they'll benefit from it, right? So that's, that's persuasion, right? And again, like, okay, like, you know, you can use it to manipulate people. Well, you ever thought about using those powers for good, you know? So, so the people, yeah. So the people, the people um, who say that it's like, it's, it's the dumbest thing in the world. It's like, okay, so what's, what's your solution then? None of us should read it. And then only the bad people read this stuff so they can manipulate us. You know, I definitely agree with you. Everybody, everybody has, everybody wants to get on a, on a soapbox these days and preach how, how virtuous they are. Yeah. Those are the, if you if you want to talk about manipulation, the people who are on soapboxes telling you how virtuous they are or how to be virtuous, those are the people you should be careful about. Right. Not not the Donald Trumps of the world. The the people the people who are who are trying to virtue signal and tell you about how to be a good person, like those those are the people you should be careful about. For sure. And I know time is getting slim, so I'll, I'll just ask you two more questions. And you just mentioned a really good point about persuasion. And when now, I want to shift this a little bit back to medtech and career in that on when you go on websites like TikTok or social media in general, the content creator space is, especially for career professionals, is really pushing tech, like work in tech, work in tech. Like there are all these unlimited benefits, like unlimited time off, um, highest paying jobs, all these things. Uh, I recently chatted with a friend who's working at one of the big tech firms in Silicon Valley. And he was telling me if I followed my passion or went to school for what I liked, I wouldn't have gone to school at all. Right. He was, yeah, it was just a cash grab for him. And that's something I've been thinking about a lot because when you comparatively the, the medical technology field for engineers, quality regulatory engineer, design engineer, when you look at those uh, entry level <laughs> salaries on Glassdoor, it's not as enticing as the, the, the ones you would see in tech, right? Mm-hmm. So do you think people should forego, like if they're passionate about med tech, to go work in something like software where they're just chugging tickets or doing whatever they're doing, something they're not as passionate about exactly. And I don't want to make this seem like a, re- a repetition of what we talked about earlier. The real question here is, where is the money in the medical technology industry? And while money is something that people make it taboo to talk about, it is important. And I want to like make it transparent here because 
yeah, you should talk about your compensation and be able to negotiate, right? So Mm -hmm. where's the money at in this industry for young engineers or young students or sales reps, medical device reps getting into the industry? And yeah, just leave it there. So the, the question, the question is where, where, where's the money at and should they pursue money? Is that the yeah. question? Not even okay. if they should pursue it, but like, just where is it at, 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 at its most fundamental level? The money, the money's the money, where the money's at is with you. Yeah. If you're really damn good at what you do, mm-hmm. people pay you money. Yeah. Period. Period of the story. And, and, and what I would say is like, yeah, man, like, look, you should, you should, you know, if you're good at what you do, don't, don't, don't get paid less than what you're worth. Right. right? But I tell people, especially again, early career that they should either one of two things should be happening. Either you're learning or you're earning. Mm -hmm. And if you're really lucky, both of those things are happening. Right. Um, That's what you should focus on. And then in terms of like, where's the money at? Like, you know, okay. Like, let me just answer that question. Where the money's at these days is like uh, like data science, mm-hmm. high in demand. Really, like you, you know, they, those people get compensated a lot. Uh, robotics, right? That kind of stuff. That being said, man, like there's a lot to be said about fulfillment and freedom. Okay, um, and so you want to feel good about what you're doing because if you feel good about it, like you're genuinely interested in there, in it. Right. So like maybe, maybe you're, you're really into um, durable medical equipment. It's not high tech, but if you're really into it, man, like you're going to learn everything you can about it. You're going to, you're going to take the best version of yourself to work. As a result, you're going to perform better. You'll get promoted faster. Maybe you get some ideas. Maybe, maybe an investor is like, Hey, you know what? I really like this guy's or, or, or gal's attitude. Yeah. Um, why don't we get them as a co-founder for this company? Right that's better versus, you know, you go to, let's say you go to robotics, maybe you hate it, right? Don't let the money, um, money, you know, I'm not religious, but like in the Bible, people make this mistake. The saying is not um, money is the root of all evil. That's not the quote. The quote is the love, the love of money is the root of all evil. And so when you get obsessed about money, like that's what ends up happening. And what I tell you is this is like, look, I started my own business. I'm working harder than I've ever worked in my life, right? Yeah. Somebody from Johnson Johns, a friend of mine, he's he's very high up in marketing. He's like, he's like, man, you must be getting a lot of like inbound recruiters and and everything for roles. I'm like, yeah, I and mean, it's here and there. He's like, what would it take for you to go back and work for somebody? Like, like, what if you got a really great job as a VP? I was like, nothing. No, wow. I was like, somebody, a company, a company can, and you know, I've I've had offers from somebody. A company can come to me tomorrow and offer me a million dollar a year salary. I won't take it because at the end, because at the end, your business and yourself. Well, you know, sure. It's believe. I don't know what's going to happen to my business. I mean, you know, I can sit here and tell you with, with ego and comfort, like, ah, it's going to go great. But I, you know, you don't know, but, but here's the thing though, at the end, if you want to talk about real power, that's real power because at the end of the day, I'm most interested in freedom. Right. That's what it is. Money, money isn't it means to an end for me. I don't need much to to live on. I live, I live very reasonably and stuff. Um, but at the end of the day, it's about how do you feel? 
mm-hmm. right? Energy is everything. If you're, if you're, if you're feeling stagnant at work, quit the job. You're be, you know, quit, you're better off being unemployed and like grinding and figuring out like what to do for money and like finding a new job than employed and miserable. By the way, if you're, if you, if you are in that case, I recommend looking for a job while you're employed. It makes it a lot easier. Um, but yeah, like you don't get time back. So if the, if your energy is not good, leave the company, move. You don't feel, you don't feel inspired and motivated by the city. You're in pick yourself up and freaking move. You're not a tree, mm-hmm. you know, plant yourself where you can grow. Right. For me, five, six years ago, that was Silicon Valley. I needed to leave Florida. I needed to, um, I'm originally from Texas, but I was living in Florida. I needed to go to Silicon Valley. I planted myself there. I grew a lot. I, I outgrew the place. Now I moved to Southern California, right? Nice. So sorry, kind of a long, long answer. But again, like, where's the money at? Like, the money's with you. The money is if with you. Me. Like, look, man, um, uh, I asked myself this question like a while back too. Um, because, you know, there was a little bit, Deep down inside, I was a little hesitant. I was like, ah, like, can I build a whole business around commercializing companies using social media and med tech? And, you know, social media in our industry always had this like, like, oh, it's a social media guy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the social media guy's doing pretty goddamn good right now, man. You know? So, so at the end of the day, man, like when you, when you become, when you, when you aim to be the best. Right. And, and when I say best, I mean one and only. Mm-hmm. There's only one, there's only one person who's doing what I'm doing. That that's just me. That's great. Then then you then you have leverage. Then you get to you you make the money that you want, right? Sure so is. so yeah, so, so I think to kind of you know wrap things up like for your audience, like think about what I mentioned earlier, those three things. Learning as much as you can, lo- taking on as much responsibility as you can, and developing an enthusiasm for discipline. You do the, you do those three things every single day and you're patient, uh, the world will open itself up to you. That's you know, the money will come to you, man. Yeah. And I never, def- don't chase money, man. Let money come to you. Yeah. It's, and I love how you like sort of bring that whole Mandela effect to, to the forefront where it's like, everyone thinks it's the money of the, the money is the root of all evil, but no, it's the love for money. And it's that key component of love that people often forget. Right. And I think that's a really good note to end this one on. And before you get out of here though, where can people find you and how can they reach out to you as well? Yeah. Um, so the way people can find me. So if you're looking for a really good book and you want some like insights on the things I just talked about, go to YouTube and look up Omar M. Khatib. Subscribe to my YouTube channel. There's a lot of really good books there and everything. I also have a podcast for that called Mind Loom. Um, on the MedTech side, um, go on YouTube or any podcast and look up the state of med tech. You'll see all these great interviews with people, you know, top people in product, CEOs, it's investors in our industry. And then uh, just to connect with me, man, like Omar M. Khatib on all platforms. So Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, I'm, I'm most active on LinkedIn. Um, I do not have a TikTok, nor do I plan on having one. Um, <laughs> so but yeah, like I would say the best place, best place to follow me in terms of content, hit me up on, on LinkedIn. And if you're looking for like a lot of like uh, fun memes and like inspiring motivational stuff, like go follow my Instagram account nice. uh, and, and, and look at my stories. I put my Instagram is, is less work and more about like who I am as a person. So you'll learn 
all kinds of cool stuff there. Biohacking, motivation, discipline, a lot of really cool stuff. <laughs> okay, Omar, it's been a pleasure to have you on here, man. And I know we had so many ideas for what this would sound like, but honestly, just an organic conversation with you is always the best. And uh, I want to appreciate you and thank you for your time, man. And um, hope to stay in touch over the years, man, because you are, I see you as someone I'd want to be. So I love this. Thanks, man. Well, I appreciate it, Zion. Thank you so much. And just like that, our first episode for this season is now completed. Thank you so much for listening. Please follow us on Instagram at Medtocracy. Follow us also on Twitter, LinkedIn, and YouTube. We will be posting lives on YouTube to actually show you the video content that we have. We're also starting a new series called Health Tech Unfolded to really cover the landscape and give you introductions into different like corners of the space. And for the next little bit, we will be covering neurotechnology. So companies like Neuralink, Apple, Synchron, Kepler, all these companies are really driving this space of neuroprosthetics. So I'm excited for the future. And as always, have a good one.